Hello, testing. <laughs> All right. All right. Here we go. Um, so we are starting that teacher couple podcast. Um, I'm Emily. And I'm James. And we're teachers. <laughs> and we're married. And we're married. That's right. So I currently teach fifth grade. And I just finished teaching second grade for two years, and now I teach fourth grade. That's right. And we both have a lot of experience. So, like, I taught pre-K, I taught lots of, like, two-year-olds all the way up through fifth grade. And when I student taught in fifth grade, I loved it. So, I don't know. I really like being with the older kids. (laughs) (laughs) I taught a lot of feeder camps, and I taught scouts and stuff like that. So, we both have, like... The kind of experience that you get without being able to have a job yet. So we have a ton of that kind of experience. And now we're just in our, we're about to start our third year of teaching. Exactly. So now we're gaining all the real experience. That's right. And we love teaching. Um, There's a lot of like negative things that come with teaching, but we're not going to talk about any of that because we love our jobs. And this podcast can be like a reminder of all the reasons why we like to teach. So. Yeah. Today we're going to be talking about read-aloud books. That's going to be today's topic. So read-aloud books are kind of like those books that you might read to your whole class. So it might be a novel that you end up reading to like your whole class for several weeks, or you might do it for like a little unit, but these are books that you kind of might do on your own, like whether it's for like 10 minutes a day or whatever. That's right. So for me, I like to read books aloud, like books that aren't part of our curriculum. It's usually at the very end of the day. So when they're packing up um, and just like everything's like chaos, (laughs) if you're reading, they have to be quiet. (laughs) It also makes for good cliffhangers because you're in the middle of a page and then suddenly they start the closing announcement. You're like, ooh, what's going to (laughs) happen? Exactly. Um, I know that during TCAP testing, which is like our end of the year um, like final assessment, state assessment type of thing. Um, there's literally anywhere from like five minutes to like 45 minutes where you have to be absolutely silent because other classes in your hallway are still testing. And I will read chapter upon chapter to those kids. And if they have scratch paper, like they can doodle or whatever. But other than that, I'm like, nope, you're not doing anything else. And I just read to them. And that's when I get most of my read aloud time in. That is so smart. <laughs> I used to do it, like, we would have a time every day my first year when I was teaching where I would read to them. And I, but it was the first thing to go. So it wouldn't happen for, like, days on end. Yeah. I remember the first time I did a book, I was so committed, and I did it every single day. And then the next book, it took us, like, three months to read. Yes, exactly. At the beginning of the year, there's a lot of, like, free time where you've, like, planned activities but you don't really know how long they're gonna last and the kids don't really know each other yet so they're still quiet and you're like oh my goodness this is awkward so you start like reading a book um but then once the year picks up that kind of just like falls off (laughs) using every minute of your day for something yeah exactly but i think read alouds are great ways to get kids to enjoy reading are there any books that you like to read to your classroom like what's your go-to read aloud Okay, so looking at it from like a younger grade perspective and like trying to get them into reading on their own, a great book for that is Junie B. Jones. Oh. Yeah, starting off with her first one, which is, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna use some crass language. Okay, so I need to speak. <laughs> okay. I might, might wanna plug your ears. It's 
Junie B. Jones, and the stupid smelly bus. Ooh, you don't say that in second grade. I know. <laughs> it's, oh, it's, it's horrible language. I honestly, I don't understand how it's still on the shelves. But they love it. And part of, part of that is because so much of those words, they're told nowadays, like, hey, that's a bad word. And then they don't have a really good perspective on what that means. <laughs> like, but it's like, good, don't call each other stupid. But <laughs> they never understand why those words are painful. And this is a good example of a bad example. Right. A good example of a bad example. <laughs> because Junie B. Jones is just like a little terror. Yeah, I loved reading Junie B. Jones when I was a kid. So I can imagine the kids just, like, really enjoying that. Yeah, and, like, their teacher is now saying these words. Like, Junie is like, oh I don't want to ride that stupid bus. <laughs> like, it's stinky, and all those kids are the worst. And I'm like, right. your teacher's saying this. <laughs> wow, I never thought about that. Yeah. Plus, the first one is, like, a beginning of the yearbook. Like, literally, it's her starting kindergarten. So okay. it's great for the beginning of the year. That's awesome. Well, okay, I have a great end of the yearbook. So, remember, in fifth grade, that's like their last year of elementary school. So, my go-to is the book Restart by Gordon Corman. And it's about this boy, and he falls off of his roof and gets amnesia. And so then you'll find out, like, as you read the book, that he realizes he used to be, like, the ultimate bully. But he's not like that anymore. Like, he doesn't, like... (laughs) He forgot that part of himself, basically. (laughs) Um, And so then as the book goes on, he, like, starts to make better decisions, but, like, his friends don't understand why. And it's this whole thing about, like, figuring out who you are and who you really want to be, no matter what your past looks like, that whole thing. Uh, So being fifth graders, about to go into middle school, I'm like, look, you get to restart. Like, you can do whatever you need to do to like be who you want to be as you go into this new chapter of your life and i don't know that sounds awesome works but like (laughs) (laughs) um like yeah that's such a good like like hey you can restart exactly you don't like where you're at you restart yeah they they really enjoy it and each chapter is told from a different character's perspective so they think that's really cool because we spend a lot of the year learning about like point of view and so I'll like remind them I'm like, ooh, and this is from a this is from a new character's point of view. What do you think they think about Chase? And so then they'll have like all these opinions and stuff. It's awesome. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. But I don't know if I have really any other books that I go to. I'm reading this one book now called Because of Mr. Tariff. And I haven't finished it yet, so like if everybody dies in the end. I, I don't know that yet, <laughs> but um, it's like about this great teacher. And again, it's for, told from each student's point of view, which is cool. That's just a coincidence. I promise I don't read only books that are like that, <laughs> um, but it's been really good. And there are actually a lot of things Mr. Tariff does that I want to do. Uh, so I'm using it more as a teaching book right now, but I really think the kids would enjoy it too. Um, yeah. and just like how he, how they enjoy their fifth grade year. Cause this one is about fifth graders and yeah, I don't know. No, I like that. I, I might like, read that out loud next year. So it's good to have a teacher book too. Exactly. <laughs> I, um, another good one for younger grades is any magic Treehouse book. <gasps> yes. Magic Treehouse. I like, okay. So when we were in college, we did that children's literacy course. Uh huh. And, like, I remember we had to make, like, okay, make a plan 
for like book like a, basically like a reading list your kids have to get through or something like that. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. But it was like books that they had to read or whatever. Okay. Like they create like a curriculum. Yeah, for, for I made a Doctor Seuss curriculum. <laughs> yeah, I made one that was series starters. Okay. So like literally, these books are so, would be so good in that. Where the you know the idea of like if you want to get kids into reading, you could start them off on book series and then they end up going down that windy road. Exactly. And Junie B. Jones is so good about that because literally she just, well, she becomes a better person eventually, like, as she goes on. But, like, Mm -hmm. you know, you get to watch this kid grow up. And Magic Treehouse is good about that because it has, like, mysteries that just unravel through the whole series. That's so cool. Yeah, like, Magic Treehouse, the first one is about, like, literally they just go to the dawn of, like, they go to the dawn of time and they see the dinosaurs and you don't understand why it's working yet. So you can ask kids, like, what? Like, why, like, how does the magic treehouse work? I mean, what are the rules for this treehouse? And at the end, it leaves it like, ooh, here's a little hint at what's going to happen next and stuff like that. So then when I ended up doing my, like, small group book clubs at the end of the year, they had already read the first one. So now I have another great book because all those magic treehouse books are educational right. and fun. Because, like, it, takes, it teaches them about a certain time, like, the ones that teach them about medieval times and Egypt That's and all so that stuff. That's so cool. So it's great for that, being educational and fun. Yeah, exactly. That's really useful. We are reading... Okay, so we're teaching summer school right now. Um, And part of our curriculum is to read this educational book about Philo Farnsworth, who is the guy that created the TV. And so I have a funny story. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It was talking about, like, patents, right? Because he gets his invention patented? Is that what it's called? I don't know. I don't know. He gets a patent for his invention. And he ends up getting like 150 patents just because he has so many inventions. Um, And my kids didn't know what that meant. So I'm like trying to explain it in their language. And I'm like, it's when you like you make an invention and then you get money for it. And like this whole thing. And other people can't say that they created their your invention because it's yours. And then I start comparing it to like music, like Jingle Bells, right? Mm -hmm. Anyone can record the song Jingle Bells because that patent, basically, has expired. But you can't just, like, record any song because then you would have to, like, pay the the artist money, like a patent. And then I start talking about Mickey Mouse. I'm like, even, like, Disney has a patent on Mickey Mouse. I'm like, it will expire one day. Why do you think Disney doesn't want Mickey Mouse to expire? <laughs> and... Uh, somebody said something about money, which I'm like, yes, that's also true. But then money. I'm like, <laughs> a good reason. <laughs> but I'm also like, okay, but like, think about Mickey Mouse. If anybody could create Mickey Mouse things, there'd be some great like T-shirts. You could sell Mickey Mouse T-shirts, and everybody's like, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, you create your own mugs that has like Mickey Mouse's face on it and your name. They're like, that's so cool. I'm like, but some people could do like bad things to Mickey Mouse, and so. Of course, in my mind, I'm thinking, like, they could make him scary. They could do something. I don't know. They could use bad language. Any of that type of stuff. But um, this one kid in the very front row under his breath goes, mousetrap. (laughs) 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 Or they could put him in a (laughs) mousetrap. It was so funny. I love the idea of that. (laughs) He's just like, oh, no. (laughs) They're going to get him. Exactly. But because, because of that book, they now understand patents and more about music and Disney, so. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. That's so funny. We, um, talking about all these books, we were playing this game. 
Speaking of games, we were playing this game. It's that one where basically you have to like restart the world and you decide the rules and you can change laws and stuff like that to make the world however you want it. And there's a bunch of random little choices they have to make. Like, for example, where are we going to get our food? Should we grow it or should we farm animals? And they have to decide on that and stuff like that. Like, how are we going to build it? Out of wood? Or are we going to build our world out of bricks and stuff like that? Right. They um, Don't you do that for Earth Day? Yeah, I do it for Earth Day. Okay, yeah. So around Earth Day, they're doing this. And they've gotten pretty far into it. They're a couple years into their world. And they, it's like, wow, you know, what should we work on next? Should we build a jail? Or a library, okay. and I'm like, they're gonna. They've chosen so many smart choices. They're they they they're like, we're gonna do vegetables because it's better for the plants or whatever. Like it's healthier, something like that. And like we're gonna use bricks because wood would not be good for the planet. But then I give them the choice of jail, or library, and they are like, I'm like, okay, you will choose library, obviously, because it's the smart answer. It's the obvious answer. But because right. they are kids, they were like. Nah. And <laughs> they were like, we have to make a jail. One girl is in charge. And she is like the president of the committee, basically. And she's like leading the discussion, choosing who gets to talk. But she starts it off with like, like we need a jail. Because if we get kidnapped, we need somewhere to put the people who kidnap us. And it's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. It's like, she's like, what about the children? I'm like, you're a child. <laughs> um. And all this stuff, I'm like, yeah, we gotta put people away. And all this, like, this is rough. You guys are seven. Like, why are you guys thinking like this? Right. And then it gets, like, we talked about it a bunch. A couple people have talked about how they're like, oh, but libraries can help kids. And, like, they can learn. And all this. And the leader is like, no, you can't. (laughs) We're not talking about you. And she won't let them talk. (laughs) And so she goes, I'm gonna choose one more person to tell me why they want a library or jail and she points and she points on a boy who he starts talking goes i think that we should have a library because and she goes never mind i'm choosing another person <laughs> cuts him <laughs> off just like that so my kids are really learning to be good politicians well i like the one that chose the library <laughs> me too <laughs> teaching english like reading is important <laughs> Yeah, apparently in my kids' minds, the only crime you can possibly commit is getting kidnapped. So I guess at least they're safe. That's good. <laughs> I don't know why that's their main fear. I didn't even see yeah, what, isn't yeah. that, like, accurate for a little kid where they're just, like, so afraid of getting in trouble? Like, that's a huge part of their life is, like, consequences, right? Yeah. So it kind of makes sense that they're like, the jail is important. Yes, they're like, this is the most important thing, how to get punished. <laughs> Let's also talk, though, about how they weren't... A, they weren't like, ah, somebody's, they weren't like, ah, criminals. They were like, vengeful. They're like, we're going to take care of these guys. <laughs> like, 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 none of them were like, we have to be protected. They were like, we have to be protected. And then they, they were, put them in a box. It's like, geez, guys. That's so funny. Yeah, they're funny. Wow. Those kids are like, they think they're superheroes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, oh. hence. I don't like to read anything violent. Yeah. <laughs> they have enough of that going on in their video games or whatever. Meanwhile, I'm riling them up with the rebel Virginia B. Jones. <laughs> who hides in the school, spoiler alert, and, like, doesn't get on the bus. So I'm like, see? Don't do that. <laughs> right. Well, 
reading books aloud is such like an opportunity to teach your kids too. Like I read this book called like Home Sweet Motel or Sweet Home Motel. I never can remember. Um, and it was a good book, but there wasn't like a clear lesson or anything like that. Like I don't know. I think that it, there's a better opportunity to have like discussions with read aloud books. And so I like handpick what I'm gonna read <laughs> to my class, and then there's so many other great books that don't have those obvious conversation starters mm-hmm. um, that I just put in my classroom library. <laughs> right, they're better independent, so you can just collect information. Exactly. Yeah. I feel like the I used to read Thirty Nine Clues, and it's such a good one for that, where it's like you read them through, and they're easy to read on your own, mm-hmm. and you just collect information. Like I'm learning about Mozart, I'm learning about ancient Egypt, I'm learning about this. And it's like you're just collecting information. Yes, that's awesome. Read aloud books are also so good just for having something that your kids can all know together. You'll see it where like something will happen in class that relates back to the book. Esperanza Rising. It's part of our curriculum here in fifth grade. And literally the kids, it, we read it at the very beginning of the school year. And the kids will talk about it all year long. And it's one of those things where they're getting, they're like, they have things in common because there's a lot of Spanish words that are used in the book, like throughout the book. There, it's about like immigrating from Mexico to California um, because we're like, we've only taught in the pandemic. So because of that, when like mama gets valley fever and she's really, really sick, she has a lot of symptoms of COVID basically. <laughs> um, and so the kids will talk about that. Like there's a lot of things that are just kind of like a bonding experience as we read that out loud. And then, um, literally like we'll do writing prompts like it all of the chapters in esperanza rising are named after food (laughs) so i'm like if you're gonna name this chapter of your life what food would it be (laughs) i love that um and it's one of their favorite things and because of that like i have books i have another book by the same author called becoming naomi leon and i have it in my classroom library and it gets checked out literally all the time which i think is so cool because they'll they will figure out that it's by the same author and it's just like i don't know getting them to read more books like if i can get them to read a book and actually finish it i will consider that a success whether or not they liked it <laughs> Dude, that trick is like why i have like that created so much of my personality in my life that i live emily because <laughs> literally i'm like I, cassie read gordon corman books so that's your sister that's my sister my older sister read gordon corman books and then i started reading them and then i saw that gordon corman wrote the second and clues books because each of those books is written by a different art author which scholastic makes those mm-hmm. what a genius idea <laughs> make each okay like do that for one series and now like literally i read so many books because of that because jude watson wrote the fourth one and she also writes a star wars book Ooh. Oh. so i read her star wars books when i was a kid they were too high for me but i kind of read them and then that's so interesting the first 39 clues book is written by rick riordan Okay, yeah. And that's what got me into Percy Jackson. And now, 20 books later, (laughs) here I am. Right. So. It's so interesting how kids will just, like, grasp onto that one thing that they know and, Mm -hmm. like, go find other things that are are like it, you know? Exactly. It's like a safe place. Exactly. Yeah. Um, And it's obvious, like, when there's books that kids aren't interested in, whether the cover looks old (laughs) or it I don't know has words that are too big for them like they have to have something that draws them in and it could be the author could be yeah yeah there's a book that I looked at yesterday at books a million and I was like these words are small I don't know if I can read this (laughs) like like, this seems intimidating 
also like think about kids want to seem smart they want to seem smart they want to seem mature so they can be like oh yes this is the same author (laughs) as esperanza rising then like right they will do that if it makes them seem like they know what they're doing exactly and like good for them (laughs) they do know what they're doing (laughs) i have this um biography about elon musk and it gets checked out so often because he's such a part of just like culture right now (laughs) um meanwhile i also have like a biography about malala and she like her biography is never out and i just i think the kids just don't know who she is Mm -hmm. does that make sense like those two are so easily comparable in my head like they're about the same thickness um like they're both biographies and it's just you were talking about the people no i was like no they're such different people (laughs) i was like no, the books should be, like, they're both nonfiction, right? Which I get kids asking for nonfiction all the time. Um, and I don't understand why the Malala one doesn't get checked out as much, and I think she's just not as popular. That makes sense. They're both just, like, a book. That's what I can see right now, because you said they're the same thickness, so my brain was, like, trying to comp- like like trying to compensate. So I just saw Elon Musk going, like, squish <laughs> up, and, like, Malala go, <laughs> So, oh, my, brain, my brain was really trying to fix the problems. <laughs> Aw, well, well, yeah, I think that's probably all we have about read-alouds right now. They are amazing. They are. You should do them. Yes. (laughs) They're very good for creating a class culture. Exactly, and getting the kids to talk to each other and just get along. They now have a book in common, right? And then if you're like me, they'll eventually rebel against you and take over, creating a jail in your classroom. Oh. (laughs) So, So, yeah, I think that's all we have for today. Yeah. And we're that teacher couple. Yeah. We'll talk to you next time. All right. All right. <laughs> Bye. Bye.